In this episode, Zoya and I have a sprawling conversation with the warm Selena. Selena is a champion of reinvention and has followed career paths in the law, broadcast journalism, and is currently a fashion designer in Ghana. We talk about how sometimes choosing your path means disappointing those you love. We talk about body positivity, and we talk about the search for true love. Oh, we also talk about Beyonce and Beyonce's mother, showing Selena Bebb brand the recognition that it deserves. Welcome to another episode of She Rocks Global, this time in virtual. So it's so nice to have my dear friend Selena from Accra in Ghana. And recording this episode with me is, of course, Zoya sitting in Belgrade and I'm Nwabisa in Cape Town. So for a change, we're sitting across three con- or two continents this time around, three cities. Selena, it's so nice talking with us here today. I think a couple of things to highlight in terms of what I think is so exciting about this conversation is that we are, you know, sitting through this very difficult time during our time in history. And yet, I think there's so many exciting things happening with you and in your business. And so I'm hoping we'll be able to share that with our audience. At the same time, the three of us actually form part of a very special group of people where all three of us are alumni of the IVLP, which is the International Visitor Leadership Program run by the U.S. Department of State. And so I'd love to also find out more about that. But we'll ask the questions as we go along. So, to sure, start with, sure. please, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself. Where are you and what do you think we need to know about you? <laughs> okay. So, hello, everybody. Uh, nice to be with you. Um, I am Selena Beba Comensa, like Nuabisa said, and I am a fashion designer and a broadcast journalist as well. I am currently in Accra, Ghana. I'm based here. And uh, this is where I operate from. And this is where I live as well. So I am, uh, should I say my age? Okay, so I'm 41. <laughs> I'm in my early 40s. Uh, I come from a family, quite a big family, actually. My family consists of my father. My mother, unfortunately, passed away two years ago. And I have uh, five siblings. I have four brothers and one sister. So that's quite a big family. Um, I am a I like to think I'm a friendly person. I'm bubbly. I love to meet people. I love traveling. I love everything fashion related. And I love music as well. Um, at the moment, I'm not practicing as a journalist. But when I was, I was doing mostly entertainment stuff and um, talk shows. I've done mostly radio and then some TV work as well. And actually, at the moment, I'm working on uh, my own TV show. So... Um, even though I've taken a break from the media, I am slowly getting back into the media. But I do mainly fashion. So my brand is called Selena Beb Designs. And Selena Beb produces top-of-the-range products, made-in-Ghana products. Uh, we do many accessories. I've recently added a clothing line to what I do. Uh, the brand is eight years old. It was established in 2012. And for seven years, I was just doing many accessories. When I say accessories, I mean bags, footwear, jewelry, and uh, top cases. But in the past year, I've added a clothing line to what I do because my customers were asking for it. You know, they wanted my shop to be a one-stop shop where they come and they get clothes, they get accessories and everything else. Um, hobbies, I've already talked about music and all that. 
I love sports, actually. I love tennis. When I was young, I used to play tennis. That's one thing about me that many people do not know because I'm a class size woman now. So they don't think I'm sporty, but I used to be very sporty when I was younger, especially my teenage years. Um, I think that's, that's about it. Is there anything else you'd like me to talk about? Sure. I think myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, I would like, uh, if you can say, what does that mean when you say you're a journalist and a fashion designer? How did you mix those two? How did you become one from the other? And then now going back, can you share a little bit of that story? Okay, brilliant. So when I say I'm a journalist, I'm actually a broadcast journalist. And as in, I'm not the kind of journalist that writes for newspapers and magazines. I'm a talker, you know. So I actually do have a degree in communications and I majored in broadcast journalism. So I used to work on radio where I used to host musical programs, um, entertainment talk shows and relationship talk shows. So that's the journalism part explained. <laughs> I think everybody knows, you know, what a journalist is. So I don't want to go too much into that. And then for the fashion designer, um, fashion designing, um, I design accessories and clothes, basically. Um, I have my team of workers. I come up with the concepts, with the designs. I do the cutting and then my team puts the designs together. They bring it to life for me. Yes. So, I mean, and then, okay, yeah, the second part of the question was how I, you know, how I combined both and how one came after the other. Okay, so I started off with um, journalism. Actually, I started off trying to be a lawyer. (laughs) My father's dream for me was for me to be a lawyer. So I did a law degree in the UK um, in the late 90s to early 2000s. But wow, I didn't like congratulations. Thank you. Um, maybe you're congratulating me too soon, but because I just did a degree and then I abandoned it because I didn't enjoy it. It was too much work for me, too much reading, too boring. I just wanted to be a journalist. You know, I got into journalism because I love Oprah and I love her talk show. And from the first time I saw the Oprah Winfrey show when I was about 15 years, I said, I want to be like this woman, you know, so that was my agenda. My dad too had other plans for me, but he realized that my interest was not in the law. So he allowed me to move from law to journalism. So actually I've gone from law to journalism to fashion. So um, I lived in, I, I studied and worked in the UK for 11 years. And then when I decided I strongly had a conviction to go into journalism, I decided to move back to Ghana because I thought, it will be easier for me to do it here because even though I was doing the UK and even though I have a bit of a polished British accent, I don't exactly have that kind of accent. You know, when I talk to an English person, they'll be like, where are you from? Where's that accent? You know, and not to have a British accent and going to the media in the UK was a bit difficult. I did try. So I felt, let me just come back home where I'll be accepted. Nobody's going to question my accent or my credibility and all that, you know, so I I decided to move back to Ghana in 2008 and then I studied, I decided to go back to school to do another communications degree, another degree in communications. And then I was trained by the state broadcaster, that is the Ghana Broadcasting Corporation. And I was employed after my training and that is how my media career started. So I did media for four to five years. And then in 2012, um, I started getting the inkling to go into fashion because when I moved back to Ghana in 2008, I realized that the African print um, was really in vogue. And when I say African print, um, Zoya, I hope you know what I mean by African print. You know, those bold, colorful <laughs> prints that we yes, yes. Africans and black people in general love wearing and some, you know, 
Caucasians also love African prints. Yeah. So I realized I that when that I came back... the rest of the world is also loving African prints. Yeah, more. I know, right? <laughs> I know. And it's great. I love that. So I noticed that people were using African print for all sorts of things, especially accessories. They were using them for bags, for jewelry, for footwear. And I love them. So I used to buy them from other designers. And then whenever I hold them, people will compliment me and people will say, did you design them? I want to buy what you're holding. So I realized, wow, there's a market for this thing. And I've always loved fashion. Ever since I was young, I've always been very fashionable. Even when I was six years old, I put together my dress, the bag I want to hold and all that. So um, I've always had that secret dream and I love handbags in particular. So I always had a secret dream that one day I have my own handbag range. So when I came back and I noticed the African prints bags were in vogue, I started thinking, oh, wow, maybe I should venture into this because I, I used to hold them so much that people thought I was actually producing them. And then I started dreaming about it. You know, I, I started dreaming about it that the whole world, people were holding my bags and my accessories and my clothes. So um, I said to myself, maybe I should try it. So I found um, a few people who knew how to sew the bags, put together some designs, bought my leather, because I decided to fuse um, Italian leather with African prints, because I love pure leather. I do not like thick leather bags. You know, there's something about pure leather bags that when you hold, even the smell alone, it gives you a sense of pride. So uh, I bought some leather, bought some fabrics, did some samples, showed it to my sister, my friends and my cousins. And they all loved them. They actually bought them. You know, I thought they were not going to encourage me. They'll be like, you're confused. You know, you set off to be a lawyer. You went into the media. You're doing well. Why do you want to go into fashion? But they encouraged me, especially my sister. My sister said, you know what? I think you can do it. Go for it. And so I started combining both uh, for about a year or two. I was doing, I was still doing my radio programs and doing um, the fashion thing because the radio programs are normally for just two or three hours and for the rest of the day, you're free. So then I'll go off selling my bags for my car boots because I didn't have money to have my own shop at the time. But after about a year or two doing that, I noticed that the fashion business had taken off. It was paying me more than the radio work. So I decided to uh, resign from the radio um, job and concentrates on my fashion brand. So Selena, for me, what I'm hearing, which is an incredible story of following your passions, being quite brave yes. to you know, start something when you maybe aren't too sure, but also relying on the feedback of those you trust. And yes. I'm trying to, you know, I'm curious to understand each time you need to, you've wanted to make a different decision to move into the next thing what happens in Selena's mind? So I would imagine that when you decided to walk away from your law studies, um, you might have broken your father's heart because that was his dream for you. How did you get to that place of being able to make that decision? When you then obviously saw that the fashion was paying you more than a broadcast career, where I guess you had a name in Ghana through the state broadcaster, you then decided to continue through your fashion business, which at this point was operating out of your car boot. What did you do? So how do you get to this point of making these decisions that allow for you to change and move into the next thing? Um, it's been very difficult, Nabisa. Trust me, you, you, you were so right. When I told my father I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore, I didn't want to go to law school, I said, you know, go train and then be called to the bar. He was heartbroken. He was so heartbroken that he didn't actually talk to me for years. And uh, he told me to stay in England and hustle and do whatever I want to do and not to come to Ghana and all that. So that is how come I even stayed in England for so long. I would have moved back to Ghana for so long, 
you know, much earlier than I actually did. So it took a while before he realized that, you know, that is not my, what my calling is. And he needs to just allow me to, to fly, you know, to follow my dreams, follow my passion. So it was difficult. Um, I remember I got depressed after my, uh, my law degree. I was depressed for like a couple of years, actually, because I thought that I felt like I was a failure, to be honest with you. I felt like I was a failure and, uh, I, I didn't have the kind of support that I needed at the time. But thankfully, I had my siblings and some great friends in the UK that supported me. And later on, my dad came around and started giving me tremendous support. I must mention that. So it, it what saw me through all those difficult times was God. It was my faith in God. You know, um, I was raised a Catholic. I'm a very staunch Catholic girl. And so my faith in God just saw me through, you know, deep down within me somehow, I felt like I'm going to make it. Because there was a time, especially when I lived in the UK, where I felt like my life was just stagnant. I was just working all jobs, mostly for retail brands. I worked for Max and Spencer, Habitat, um, Boots the Chemist, Agos. I've worked for, I've worked for lots of UK brands and it was mostly in customer service. And guess what? That helps me because now I'm able to run my shop and make sure that my customer service is top notch, is on point because I had all that experience. So it's not wasted years. Back then I thought it was wasted years. I thought my life was just stagnant. So now coming back to Ghana, they're transitioning from, um, the, the law to the media and then to fashion as well was difficult, you know. Um, again, especially when I wanted to move from media to fashion, my father didn't understand again. He said, you're just confused, you know. Do law, you said you don't want to do it. You chose media, you're doing well. Why do you want to go to fashion? You've not been to fashion school. What do you know about fashion? I said, I can do it. I have a creative mind. I'm able to come up with designs, you know. Just watch me. And as he took off, he realized that actually this is a true calling. Because in the media, yes, I was working for the state broadcaster and I was doing well, but I wasn't such a well-known uh, personality, media personality. Yes, my fans and my listeners knew me, but the kind of exposure I wanted to get in the media, I wasn't getting it. Because unfortunately in Ghana, people listen to the private stations more than the state broadcaster. The state broadcaster is sort of like, it's not like, you know, the BBC and TV3 in the UK, you know, more people, not TV3, um, in the UK, it's uh, ITV, you know, more people will probably listen to ITV because they feel the BBC is a bit archaic. So, um, I, I, even though I was getting the kind of popularity and success I wanted, it wasn't to uh, my satisfaction. And now that I've moved to the fashion, Nobisa, you know the story already, I've been recognized, you know, I've received international awards. I've been listed on Beyonce's Black Parade. I'm sure you're going to come to that. So I won't talk too much about that. You know, so in this fashion, I feel like I'm really shining. This is my true calling. And even though I still have the media and I'm still going to get into it, I just feel like I've excelled more in fashion. So moving, I, I, you know, I always, whenever I, I get a chance to talk to people, I tell them, don't be afraid to reinvent yourself because I've reinvented myself three times, you know, from law to media to fashion. Even though the transition has not been easy, I've had doubts, but my faith in God saw me through the support I've always had from my family and uh, my, 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 my friends has just pushed me through and made me believe in myself and made me feel like I can do anything I put my, I put my mind to. Selena, one question. Was it easier yeah. the second time around? Like when you were reinventing yourself, was it easier than the first time or was it the same process? I think... I think so. It was easier the second time because I wasn't, I didn't stop the media immediately. I was still doing the media and doing the fashion. So in my mind, I was thinking, 
if the fashion thing doesn't work, I'll just go back to the media. I have my degree. I have my training. So I can always get back to it. So it's easier. Yes. And then also this time around too, I was back home. Um, I had the support of both my parents, even though in the beginning, my dad doubted it. You know, I had the support of my siblings, I had the support of friends. So it was easier. Yes. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> that, you know, it was easier, maybe a little bit of experience from the reinvention. I'm very yes. curious what maybe if there is a next reinvention of Selena Vib, they say life starts at 40. So who knows what the next decade will be for us and for you. Um, Selena, you're talking about now it is feeling easier in terms of the transition yeah. that you We've touched a little bit on the fact that actually you now have your own shop. Um, you were listed yes. on the Beyonce Black Parade website, which we'll talk about later. But what kind of challenges do you think you're experiencing right now as you now are Selena Bibb with her fashion range, eight years in the business, um, yeah, doing what you love to do right now? My biggest challenge is human resource finding skillful um, artisans to bring your designs to life is difficult. You know, most of them are unprofessional. They're not loyal. Um, they can mess up your orders for you if you're not, you know, supervising them all the time. And then um, even the retail side in terms of the shop as well, finding loyal um, shop girls to work with is difficult. If you're not careful, they may steal from you. Um, they might have a bad attitude to work, bad customer service and they may drive your, you know, your customers away. So human resource, just finding the right people, skillful, loyal, professional people to work with has been my biggest challenge. Um, but uh, by the grace of God, I'm surmounting it. Um, I make sure I keep an eye on the production team all the time so they don't mess up the orders. Uh, with the shop girls too, I make sure I dig deep before I employ them because initially I will just have an interview, ask a couple of questions, and that's it. I don't check references. These days, I make sure I check references to make sure that, you know, whoever you worked with the last time, it, it went well. You were not dismissed because some of them will come and tell you, oh, I left. But you call your previous employer and they'll tell them they misbehaved, they stole, and they were let go, but they will not tell you the truth. So I'm more careful with the selection pro process. Um, funny thing is, I'm actually at the moment looking for a new shop girl because uh, one of my uh, girls left and uh, I need a new one. So it's not easy. Yeah. Trying so to find people that will stay for long periods of time is difficult. So it sounds like for me, you know, loyalty is something that's quite important to you. How oh, does yes. it for you when you experience moments of disloyalty, whether it is friends or, you know, your staff or, you know, relationships that don't work out because that loyalty was broken? How does that feel when Um, I, I get hurt, you know, it's very hurtful because um, I'm actually a very kind and generous person. I'm very generous to my staff, especially, you know, they'll ask me for loans. I'll give it to them. They'll ask for pay in advance. I'll do all that. When it's their birthdays, I make sure I make them feel feel good about themselves. So when they're disloyal to me, honestly, I take it very personal. I'm actually quite emotional. So I do feel very hurt. But guess what? Time has... Um, strengthen me. I've become strong with time. So these days I go very quicker. I react better to it than in the past. I've been hurt and disappointed so many times. 
both in work and personal life. So I've sort of gotten used to it and I've, I've sort of come to terms with it that it's inevitable, it's part of life and it's bound to happen. So I, I believe I deal with it better. But yeah, it does hurt really, really much. And Selena, tell us now about the Beyonce thing, because it's something that everybody is now uh, talking about. Uh, at least yeah. that was my impression on the social media uh, around you and in Ghana and share with us. Uh, especially what I would like to hear is uh, how you felt uh, when while this was happening and especially the fact that it's happening during pandemic, the the quite weird situation. So can you tell us how it was? Right. So um, I had no idea I'd been listed on Beyonce's website. Let me just tell you the truth. I don't even know how I got listed because I didn't apply for it. I knew she was promoting black businesses. And black, by the way, Black Parade, for those who are not aware, is a directory of black-owned businesses that Beyonce put together and with the help of her stylist, Zarina Akes, and is on a website. So when people want to um, find out black businesses they want to support in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement and all that, you go on her website and you can find a list of black-owned businesses. And she decided to list African-owned businesses, and I was part of it. So it was my cousin that called me and said, congratulations. And I said, for what? And she said, for being listed on Beyonce's website. I said, what? on Beyonce's website because I love Beyonce like I'm the president of the beehive <laughs> so I was over the moon I was so excited I was smiling that whole day so I quickly went on a website and indeed Selena Bebb was there listed on a black parade so I called my PR lady I said did you apply were you contacted she said no um the the picture they actually used for my uh my listing was a picture of a big celebrity in Ghana so I called her I said by the way was it you that, you know, applied for me or put my name in? And she said, no, she was even shocked. She was like, what? Jesus, how did that happen? So I like to think it's my good work that got me recognized. You know, I put myself out there. I do international shows. I've done fashion shows in America, in the UK, in Italy. And also um, I follow Beyonce's stylist and she put together the list. I follow her on social media and I send her messages occasionally telling her, I want to send her stuff for Beyonce and all that. So I believe all those things got me recognized and then that's how I got listed. And it's very exciting. I'm over the moon. Absolutely. And congratulations. I think Thank you. Is, what is really interesting about this is that Ghana in 2019 experienced quite a lot of attention because in the United States, you know, it, we well, the United States was commemorating the the. 400 years since, you know, the first passage of the ships that left Africa to go to North yes. America. And so when I was in Ghana last year, it was so interesting to realize that there was this big energy around the year of the return. And so to see that a year since that time, we now then had the kickoff of the Black Lives Matter movement and then you being listed and the release of the visual album, which is um, Black Parade and um, Africa is King, I think it's really, really timeless. And actually what is interesting is that it tells us that you had been laying the groundwork to make sure that you would be recognized from those small steps of reaching out to Beyonce's stylist, to making sure that you were doing the shows, to following the stylist on social media. So I think it's really encouraging to realize that it's not always about the big moves, but it's actually act these small steps every single day assist us to make Precisely. sure that 
what looks like overnight success is actually 10 years of hard work. So congratulations to you and thank you for sharing that with us. I think what's thank really- Thank you so much. Gabi, so can is, I just chip in? It, it's, it's profound. Yeah, it's very profound that you said that because guess what? I actually met Beyonce's mom during the year of return. You know, the highlight of the year of return celebrations was in December. And I actually sought after her, looked for her, make sure that I attended an event she was there and gave her one of my bags. So that could all be possible. You know, it may be that she showed Beyonce the bag I, I gave her, you know. So all those things contributed. You're so right. I had, I forgotten about that. I actually met Beyonce's mom as well. Well, that's what I was going to bring up because that <laughs> I do remember. And so oh, thank you know, you. It speaks to a place of courage and bravery and putting yourself out there, which then means I have to ask you the question, what frightens you? What frightens me? Oh, my God. In terms of my work or in what terms of my... Maybe personal. It could be personal. Okay. What frightens me, honestly and truthfully, is uh, not finding true love. <laughs> I've been very unlucky in love. Uh, I've had lots of failed relationships. Um, I'm 41. And the way I planned my life, by 41, I was supposed to be married with three kids. You know, so my biggest fear, honestly, is not finding true love. Wow, thank you for sharing that, this. Believe it or not, we we already heard something similar from some other women in the group uh, okay. that, that we were talking about. And I think it's uh, it's incredibly important that uh, we all portray each other uh, and, and to look through love, not to make uh, compromises. And I think that's uh, extremely important. And uh, what do you think on that, in that regard, like... Um, do you know probably about the research that uh, single people are more happy than the ones uh, who are in unhappy couples? Uh, so, but how how do you look like that? I think now it's even more difficult because you are that successful. Uh, you are mature enough to know exactly what you want to keep yourself uh, first, uh, hopefully. So how yeah. are you looking at the whole path of looking for true love? What do you, what are, what, how do you look at that? Well, um, you made a good point. Yes, I'm single and happy, to be honest. I'm not even going to say single, but happy. I'm single and happy. Um, I find fulfillment in my work. I find fulfillment in my family and my genuine close friends who show me so much love all the time. And so even though I'm single and that is not how I plan my life to be at my age, I am happy. Um, in terms of love, I don't, uh, I try not to dwell on it too much. I don't want to get desperate and because that's how you end up going into abusive relationships and wrong relationships. So I've just decided to surrender it all to God. Um, I, I, I've already told about my faith in God. So you hear me saying God, God, God all the time. No, Abisa, don't roll your eyes. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I've just, in terms of the love thing, I've just left it to God. I said, God, at the right time, just send the right person. So I, I'm just concentrating to on my business and making myself happy. I'm married to my business at the moment till I find the right person to be married to or have a lasting relationship with. So, I mean, you did bring up your age and yes. I think you brought up very, very quickly at some point that you are a plus size woman. 
And I think these are two very interesting things that you've brought up. I think as women, we tend to be a little bit shy about our age, or at least we're a bit nervous about the passage of time. And we also then pay quite a lot of attention to our bodies and what it means when our bodies change. And so with Selena, 41, plus-size plus woman, fashionista, what does that look like? What's your opinion on the body positive movement? What is your opinion on the idea of aging and accepting and embracing your age? Oh, my opinion about it is people should just embrace their age, embrace whatever body size or shape you are. I'm one of the one person who's never hidden um, my age. I've always been proud of my age. When when I was 40, I, I, I was all over social media going, well, I'm 40 and fabulous. And some people are like, you don't even look it. You know, stop telling everybody you're 40. You don't look 40. You look like you're 35. I said, well, I am 40. And I'm happy I'm 40 and I'm looking 35, you know. so. Um, I believe in don't be shy of your age. Um, it's inevitable. Again, once again, we're all going to grow old. You just have to make sure you're happy. And age is just in your head. If you feel like 25 in your heart, you're 25, you know. And with the body positivity, it's so, so important to me because we're in this day and age where people like to body shame, especially with social media. You know, they see somebody wearing something skimpy and once you're plus size or you've got some cellulite on your thighs, they feel like you shouldn't expose it. You should cover it up. Um, I must admit, I, I have a big scar on my left arm. And because of that, I don't wear sleeveless. In fact, the dress I'm wearing today is sleeveless, but I've got a cardigan over it because I don't want to expose my scar. You know, but I've learned to embrace it. And once in a while, I do show it. But most of the time, I would want to cover up. You know, if you're confident, why not? That's what I'll say. If you don't feel comfortable about it too, cover up, look decent, and you still look sexy. You don't need to expose yourself to look sexy. You know, but so, but I don't diss or body shame those who also want to show certain body parts, even though they're plus size. No, but for me, I like to cover up, look decent, and um, and that's it. You know, I'm very busty, Zoya, just to show you. <laughs> I'm not at all. <laughs> I'm very busty, and um, uh, but again, I try not to show too much cleavage. Once in a while, I'll show a little cleavage because even when I don't show cleavage, I'm so busty that even when I'm all covered up. I still look kind of sexy, you know. <laughs> you can still notice that this is a very well-endowed woman in the chest. But yeah, I'm all for body positivity. If you feel comfortable to reveal body parts, do it. Just be decent about it. And if you feel comfortable to cover up like me, do it. But people should just not body shame. Let people live their lives and feel free to do whatever I they want to do. I love what you just said because we often hear this thing, uncover yourself, feel free. But I think this is also very important. If you don't feel confident enough, it's yeah. also okay to cover yourself. And I think this is also what we are trying to in, uh, get with this podcast as well, is that everything is okay. Do Be yourself, do things that make you feel good. Don't listen to... Cover yourself up. Don't listen to people who are telling you to to uncover. Just follow your guts. And I think it's very important because sometimes we forget, you know, the whole world focuses on body positivity and let's all show off uh, what we don't, what others might not like uh, with us. But it's okay also not to show it. It's it's our choice and uh, we should own it. Uh, So thank you. I think it's very important that you pointed it out. You're welcome. Absolutely. So then I think maybe as we wrap up, Selena, what yes. makes you rock? 
So, sorry, repeat that. I didn't hear that. What makes you rock? Oh, oh my God, Nabisa. I think you should be saying that. <laughs> okay. Um, not to, not, not to uh, blow my own trumpet. Because <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, just for funny answering this. But yeah, what makes me rock? Um, I, I think I, I, I have a good vibe about me. And I think when people meet me, they tell me anyway, most people meet me and they find me to be a warm person. I'm very warm. I'm easygoing. Um, I like to smile. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm a pretty good designer. And that makes me rock. You know, I'm a good designer. I'm a good broadcast journalist. When I hosted radio shows, people always told me how amazing um, my voice was on radio how amazing my shows are, how I touched their lives with the kind of shows I hosted. Because I used to host a relationship program and I used to talk about real life issues, you know. So um, it's hard to point just one thing that makes me work. But I think the main thing that makes me work is the fact that I'm a warm person, friendly, easygoing. And uh, I like to think I'm nice to be around. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm sure you are. We really enjoyed this conversation. So, uh and it's very difficult to do it over Zoom. Uh, so, but your positivity and warmth uh, really shines even through, through oh, my screen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a question yes. for you. you. You've met me, spend some time with me. Would you like to tell me what makes me rock? <laughs> this, is when, this is what happens when we interview a broadcaster. They turn it on back to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is Zoya. We're going to have to review who we interview next. Um, <laughs> Nina, I think what makes you rock is this very warm and um, welcoming personality. So the okay. little story is that we were put together by, you know, our mutual friend who we interviewed in our first season of She Rocks Global, who's Tamburaya Chirume. And we were put together in... Um, via WhatsApp and immediately you WhatsApped with accommodation suggestions, picking me up, taking me out for lunch. It was all happening in the WhatsApp a week before I even arrived in Accra. Of course, I arrived in Accra. I was completely overwhelmed by the travel and actually <laughs> to you. And the first thing that happened is Selena found me in this conference room and she marched up to me and she said, you've made me very sad. You didn't take me up on my lunch offer. You didn't come to my shop. So now you're going to spend this whole week with me. And I thought, what a <laughs> So I think um, also with this incredibly big, bold persona that you have. And so I really appreciated getting to know you in Accra. Oh, same here, same here. You have such a big personality. You're just amazing. You're fabulous. I love you, Nabisa. And Zoya, you're great as well. I've enjoyed talking to you <laughs> and meeting you. Thank you. Thank you. Selena, for your time. Thank you to our audience. Of course, always listen to our She Rocks episodes available wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, please like, please rate so that we are able to be found wherever you get your podcasts. At the same time, keep rocking. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you Bye -bye. for having me. Bye. Thank you. She Rocks Global is a podcast that showcases the stories of perfectly imperfect women from around the world. Should you be or know someone whom you think we should be talking to, please contact us through our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter channels. Handle SheRocksGlobal. Hashtag SheRocks. Until next time, keep rocking.